0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines. This is Wineface. This is your bomb.com resource for all the wine information that you need to know. Go to my website, helenswines.com, pretty much outlines and highlights for you everything that my little wine shop on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles does. And the most latest and greatest thing is Wine Face. But helenswines.com shows our entire bottle inventory. We deliver. We do gifts. You can join the club. You can get crazy in my club. I'll send you crazy wines to open in your home club. Don't drink and drive. It's very dangerous. Uh, Take an Uber to the club. So you can also follow along on Instagram, at Helen's Wines. It's a wild ride. Buckle up. Um, Today, we have an episode that's very special to me. and I would say it's pretty special to approximately 50 other women out there who've been exposed to this moment when I'm teaching wine classes, and all of a sudden, my right hand just comes to attention, and I'm like, if... France is my hand, and I'm usually pointing at my palm. I almost said paw. I was like, I'm way too in my dog's head. Pointing at my paw. He's a German shepherd, so it kind of makes sense because he's very large and his name is Fletch and he's my best friend. Uh, So if France is my hand, and usually I just use the palm of my hand, which in my mind, vaguely matches France as a shape, very, very vaguely. If you want to see a map, just go to my Instagram at Helen's Wines. We put a map up. It's got all the winemaking regions. You can see how it sort of vaguely resembles my palm. Actually, there's a photo of my palm and then a map of the winemaking region of France. So it's like, you you, you know, we're going to do some polls on the Instagram. I don't know. It might get crazy. People think I'm insane, but If France is my hand, it's like this magical sort of world we're all gonna venture into together, it's gonna be great. So I'm in the class, my hand's at attention, I'm pointing to different parts of my palm, it's signifying different regions of France, and that is why I'm calling this If France Was My Hand. But the subtitle of this, pod today podcast is France exclamation point epic times exclamation point exclamation point maybe you don't need to say the exclamation so let's try it again France epic times and then hashtag it's complicated so it gets very Meryl Streep there at the end Basically, I wanted to do a discussion just introducing some terms that you see on French wine labels. Now, this is not terms like terroir. We've talked about that, where it's like the geological substructure and topsoil that is like gemmy and awesome and what makes the grape the grape, but... These are these fucking terms that sommeliers like me, but not like me. So they throw these terms around. They throw them in your face like little shrimp and they're in first class and you're in coach and we're just not doing that anymore. So we're going to go over some terms. Then I want to talk about the primary winemaking regions in France uh, and and the AOC laws. So the whole reason, let's start with the laws, Bre- breaking the law. And we, we might break the law on this podcast. I don't know. TBD, we're still young, but... Uh, the AOC or the Appellation Origin Contrôlée; these are the laws that govern wine, cheese, butter. Pretty much, they regulate all agricultural products coming out of France. Every country has it, but in France, it's the AKA AOC. The long term is Appellation Origin Contrôlée, and. This is where we start, because without these laws, pretty much everything I'm going to say after doesn't really make sense. So the laws are dictating a lot of different things, but really what they're mostly dictating is boundaries of geographical areas that are then denoted as winemaking regions. So what's crazy about France is that it's so complicated, hashtag it's complicated, (laughs) because the regions are identified by where they are the town like if it was new york and they were growing grapes like called xanadu and like the only place that they grew xanadu is in new york you buy a wine and it would say new york and it wouldn't say xanadu now this is a very weird example but i'll give you another one you have a wine like sancerre now everyone's like i get this a lot in the shop This is a typical comment. I'm looking for a white wine. I really want one and I want a white wine and it's crisp. And I'm like, yes, let's get you a crisp white wine. What do you like? And they say, I love Sancerre, but I hate Sauvignon Blanc. And then I'm like, actually, those are the same thing. So if you have a wine from Sancerre, it's an area in France that's in the bigger winemaking region of the Loire Valley so our scope is focus and then we're zooming out we're google earthing this shit Sancerre it's made in the Loire Valley if it says Sancerre in the label it can only include Sauvignon Blanc grapes that's the only grape in there so the two are synonymous if it's Sancerre it's always Sauvignon Blanc for white wine this is just scratching the surface of what the AOC wine laws do Uh, there's a couple you know if we thought of the France and its wine classifications sort of like an onion. And we were going to peel back the layers of that onion. And then we're going to chop it up and make it a soup. I'm literally trying to segue this into some Martha Stewart shit, but I think I need a year to kind of get it going. So France is an onion. (laughs) It's no longer the palm of my hand. France is now an onion. The outer layer, right? There's kind of three tiers to this onion. Um, And this is what classifies the AOC wine laws. So there is von de France and now you will see this popping up. It's super trendy. You will see von de France on the label. Then those step more specific is IGP. You might see IGP on the label, but let me tell you what von de France is like in the technical term. So a Vond de France is the most basic regional quality labeling term. So if it says Von de France on the label, it means that that wine could be from anywhere in France or it could be a blend of two different regions. Um, so in back in the day, <laughs> back in the day when like people were so much more snobby, um, If a wine said France, typically these were lowbrow wines. These were not wines that were special. These were not wines that people paid attention to. We're having a real renaissance now. France, there are some of the top Parisian restaurants. They only have wine lists comprised of wines that are France. And really, it's like the anarchists of wine. France is anarchy 101. It's like, I'm turning my stereo up. Fuck this noise, Dad! I don't know why anarchy is also a California surfer and a guy, but it could be a woman too. Uh, my best friend was an anarchist, and she still might be. Uh, so, von France, uh, you basically are turning your music up. You're gonna make the wine not based on some governmental regulated bullshit. And let's be honest, von de France do come out of some lower tier winemaking regions, regions where. You might not be able to get as much money, even if you put that region on your label. We will get to that in a bit. So that is a de France. So then you peel back the first layer. The second layer of the onion is the IGP. The IGP are often labeled with the grape varieties as well as the IGP zone. Um this one is just like I, I don't really pay attention to IGP to be honest with you um, it's wines that are kind of in this tweener phase uh, it's like a vanda pay uh, you'll see it or Von de val de Loire they're they're broad strokes they're wide um, I buy wines that are labeled to this but it's it's just it's more a table wine it's a little more entry level um you're not getting any kind of crazy classification. In my mind, if they wanted to be cool, they'd just label it Vente de France. But the problem with Vente de France is you have n- literally no idea where the wine's from. Vis-a-vis, you can't really decode what kind of grapes are in the wine. So we're going to get to that in a moment. It'll all click into place. By the time we pass go and collect $200, <laughs> that'd be a great part of the show. Like, Call in now. We're passing go. We're coming up to go. We're going to collect $200 in wine. Okay. And then the third tier, like we're at the heart and the heart is always like what the most special is the AOP, which is the Appellation d'Origine Protégé, or the AOC. Like this is what people really call the AOC because it really designates stuff specifically. This means the wine came from a specific regulated region, which can be a large area like Bordeaux. Or it can be a specific area within Bordeaux, like Pomerol. Each region has its own rules for allowed grapes, growing conditions, and minimal quality. Yowza! So that's literally like going to an all girls school with a uniform and you're going to fucking go to an Ivy league school and you might marry like a dope person. And you guys are going to have tons of money. No, it's a really bad analogy. So we went from anarchy to like some weird capitalist shit. We're all capitalists. Um, no, we're not deep hole. I'm digging right here. I'm going to get out of the hole. So those are the wine classifications. Now, This is very important because the next thing we are going to tiptoe into is what are these regions that are defined where they make specific wines? What are these regions? I've uh, pulled out sort of my top, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, boom, nine regions. Obviously, there's more, but they're not as significant to me and not as important. General overview. Historically speaking, each one of these regions is directly correlated with growing specific grape varietals. So this is directly in line with the AOC or the AOP. What's happening now in some of these regions is the winemakers are choosing to label it de France. So even though it's made in a certain area, they want to blend different grapes together. They want to create their own methods, their own yields, their own Definition and rules to the law to make what they think is a superior product. And vis a vis, a lot of these people are making dope wine that's selling for more than they could have before. So it's a really kind of cool revolution. I'm super into it. We'll do a Von de France episode. I'm inspired. Let's go sort of, we're in Paris. So if France is my hand, back to the palm, add Helen's Wines. If you need a reminder what my hand looks like or what France winemaking regions look like but you're sort of uh, north and in the middle of the country and we're going to kind of creep around counterclockwise I would say Uh, so you're in Paris and it's super easy when you're in Paris to get on one of those little trains and go to Champagne Champagne is due east like directly like an hour and a half very close by It's a very famous region for making sparkling wine. In fact, to be a Champagne, it has to be from Champagne. They only allow three grapes and sometimes a fourth, which I'll tell you, blending into Champagne, which are Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier, Pinot Noir, and then sometimes Pinot Blanc. Um, So to be labeled Champagne, you have to have a combination of these, or you can be one varietal. So a varietal is one single grape. And when it is one single grape in champagne, it's a term that I think comes in very handy for lovers of sparkling wine. If it's 100% Chardonnay, it's a Blanc de Blanc. And 100% Pinot Noir, it is a Blanc de Noir. So that's champagne in a nutshell. We are going to be doing a multi-part series on champagne. So stay tuned for that because it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a little closer to the holidays. And I think people are going to get fired up. Next area, we are creeping counterclockwise. So we're going even farther east. Uh, we're near the border in an area called Alsace. Alsace kind of thinks of itself as its own country, which I think is so rad and they're so independent and so cool. Um, but they have their own kind of style and unique way of growing wine. They do a thing called co plantation, which means every other vine is a different kind of grape. That is a generalization. They don't do that completely, but it's very unique to this area in France. Nobody else is doing it. So they might have Riesling and then Pinot Blanc and then Gewurztraminer, which is like a really intense grape. And we will talk about it at some point in time. So that's Alsace, a very traditional area, but they produce wines that are more floral. They're pretty. They're dominated by like grapes, like Riesling, Pinot Gris, uh, a little demeanor, stuff like this. So that is Alsace. I put it up for Alsace. So so far we have Champagne, Alsace. Alsace is very famous for white wine. Then you keep creeping down the border south. You're creeping down the edge of my hand. And you enter into this hilly region called the Jura. It's spelled J-U-R-A. And it's everything's really small production. And they grow grapes that are not grown really anywhere else. And they are confusing to people. Pulsard, Sauvignon, I mean, come on. Pulsard and Sauvignon, Trousseau, they make beautiful, almost fairy-like, light-extracted wines. They're gorgeous. The white wines are slightly oxidized sometimes. We're doing an episode on the Jura Faux show. Creep a little bit west and you hit an area called Burgundy. So we're just talking about the big overall regions. So we got Champagne, Alsace, Jura, Burgundy. Burgundy is the home to Pinot Noir for red wine and Chardonnay for white wine. Mike Drop, Nuff said. There's going to be like a 20-part series on Burgundy that's going to blow everyone's minds. And some people might like scratch a chalkboard. But we're going to conquer Burgundy together. And I'm excited. And maybe we're going to travel to Burgundy and do some live casting. I don't know. Like talk to the vines. Hello, Pinot. You go south from Burgundy and you hit Beaujolais. Beaujolais, synonymous with Gamay. That's the grape that grows there. These are juicy, fun, fresh. Disco, fun, fancy, free wines. They're awesome. They're delicious. They're red wines. They're killer. You go south from Beaujolais, so we're creeping down the bottom of France, you hit the Côte de Rhone. The northern Rhone, it's a valley that runs north to west, is dominated by a grape called Syrah. It's some of the most noble. Batman meets Robin. They team up, and then they also add a girl to their gang. It's like the best Syrah ever. White pepper, like purple flowers. It's so good. You go down the Côte d'Oron. This is where all of those Côte d'Oron blends live, and then you get in the south, and you're in Châteauneuf du Pape, which a lot of people know. I like to call it Châteauneuf de Papi. It's where Grenache, the grape Grenache, is more more widely grown. But the larger area is the Côte d'Oron. Then you're basically in Nice. You're you're eating. Seafood and little langostinos and then you creep west along the coast and you enter into a region called the Languedoc. The Languedoc is big and roaming and has so many different terrains and demographics and climates. It's one of my favorite growing regions. It's a big place that has really mobilized the Vendée France movement. It used to be used for a lot of shitty mass-produced wine, like factory wine. And people have been, like, rising up and taking back the land since the 70s. So that place is sick. So then you're going to creep a little bit, like, northwest. And we enter into an area called Sudouest. And it's sort of the area in between Bordeaux and Languedoc. And that area is just like the Languedoc, up-and-comers, super cool areas. It's the only place in France where they really grow... Uh, Malbec, which people seem to just like freak out and lose their shit over. Then you creep northwest into Bordeaux, the most regal. Bordeaux's dope. They make great red wines. I think sometimes Bordeaux can be a little boring, but I've been tasting some really exciting ones. It's usually a blend or a single expression of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. At times, there's a little... Petit Bordeaux, which is a red grape varietal blended in. Um, Bordeaux is broken into the left bank, the right bank. It's a very west side story. We are doing an episode on Bordeaux for sure. And then you start going up and you hit, you kind of bisect this region that stretches east to west, bisecting France. So if you cut my palm into two, It's one of my favorite areas. It's called the Loire Valley. It starts over in Nantes, so on the Atlantic Ocean, and it travels along a river all the way west to Sancerre, and it's amazing, and it's very diverse. They grow a lot of different varietals. Um, The Loire Valley has so many different sub-appellations. It's it's. Really transformative And so you guys get it right That was like France in a nutshell uh, So those are big broad overarching regions Now within each of those nine regions What ter- starts like churning into a mindfuck Is there's many sub And each of those sub-regions Is identified with a specific style of wine And a specific grape or grapes are grown So come with me children We are going to journey on this together that's what wine face is for i'm gonna put on a brave one brave face brave wine face and we're just gonna slowly get through france i i wanted to do this if france is my hand overview because a lot of people are so so intimidated by the topic and we need to get our machetes out and be like i understand champagne ha ha There's also a couple terms that are universally used in winemaking in the world. I use them a lot. Psalms use them. Nobody understands what we're talking about. It's completely obnoxious and it makes, I think, people feel belittled sometimes to use them and not explain what it means. A word like cépage, cépage. Uh, so Cepage is a great word. I have started not using it because I realized people didn't know what it me- meant. Um, but it re- literally refers to what kind of grapes are in that bottle of wine. So if you say, what is the Cepage? They would say it's 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. Or they would say it's uh, Chenin Blanc and Chardonnay blended together. So the Cepage is whatever's magically mixing inside that bottle. It's sort of like everyday term. Um, a Chateau is a winery. It's just a fancy word for winery. Domain, so sometimes we'll say Chateau Le Puy. That's just the winery. If it's a domain, it's a winery estate with their own, like with vineyards around it. I know this stuff seems dreary, but I think it's pretty important because it helps you start to understand a lot of these terms that can be a little bit more complex. I'll give you another one. Via veen is old vines, and old and vine age is really important because the older the vine, the deeper it is in the ground, the more time it's spent extracting minerals, the more complex and uh, intense your wine's gonna be. For example, a lot of Barolo producers, which is an area in Italy where they grow Nebbiolo, a lot of those producers, they won't even use the grapes for 10 years until that vine has a little bit of age on it. Uh, I got another one for you. A lot of people ask me what crew means, C-R-U. Crew indicates the vineyard, you know, and then there's Grand Cru and Premier Cru. And those are terms that are actually only used in two of the areas we talked about, Burgundy and Champagne. And what Grand Cru is indicating is it's the greatest growth. So the greatest grapes come from those vineyards. And actually, I got to say a lot of times it is true. And then Premier Cru, also used for only Champagne and Burgundy, is indicating the second best vineyards. So Grand Cru's the tops and premier crew the bottoms but that's just in two specific areas but these are terms that people see on a label and they're like what the fuck does that mean we're going to be posting some labels with little like diagrams about like break it down for me what does this mean here's some arrows they might like i kind of want to do PowerPoint with like movement and sounds like uh so stay tuned for that if france is my hand It kind of helps anytime you're out to dinner, you know, just visualize your own hand. Be like, what do I feel like drinking tonight? What part of my palm? It could be this cool new fortune teller thing that we get into. Probably not. So we spent so much time in the palm of my hand. Yes. France. It's only just the beginning. Buckle up. But I have so many French wines in my wine shop. Helen's Wines on Fairfax that I absolutely am obsessed with. Um, But let's just talk about three maybe four that I'm currently super into right now uh, there's this dude in Burgundy in France right hint hint Pinot Noir Chardonnay his name is Julian Altabert and I had the pleasure of visiting him two years ago does not speak any English I just like was nodding to him speaking in French for two hours and I was like yes yes Yes. It is so cool. This guy's like just super chill. He has one small cellar and he makes some of the most elegant Pinot Noir and Burg- and white Burgundy Chardonnay that I have had in a while. It's full of energy. He's doing everything tried and true, winemaking, zero addit- additives. But what's crazy is two days ago, I tasted his new releases, which are 2016, 2017 vintage. And this guy is in like SpaceX blast off. Elon Musk style want to live in a multi-planetary world. It's coming to an end. AI is taking over. No, this guy's wine's taking over. And we just brought two into the shop. This Chardonnay I had, it was uh, a Burgundy blanc and it's La Fleur Au Vert, La Fleur Au Vert. So 100% Chardonnay. It is so goddamn beautiful and elegant and pretty. Uh, it just like is mellifluously tickles over your tongue. He's also making this badass Gamay. Uh, Gamay is usually found in Beaujolais, but he's making it as like a Vend de France. It's so good. It's just that perfect balance of juicy fruit forwardness with a little bit of earth and lightness. You chill it down. It's like we're waiting for the turtlenecks. We want to put them on. We want to sit by the fire pit, but we're not quite there yet. So we're going to have the light Gamay red. Julien Alta Bear. It only goes up from there. He makes sick wine, and he's only getting more masterful of his craft in his cellar. Uh, Speaking of Gamay, always a favorite this time of year. Chateau Cambon. It's a Gamay as well. Um, It's got this, like, just super simple, quintessential black cursive script on the label. It was Gamay made from this forgotten vineyard that... It has like 100-year-old vines in between Morgant and Bruy. It is the Cinderella. You know, it's like that bottle feels like when you're drinking it, your dress is changing shades from yellow to green to pink. It is so goddamn good. I know I'm focusing on Beaujolais and Burgundy for my wine of the week, but those are just the ones I'm super, super fired up about. Last thing I will say is fall rosés are in. People didn't know fall rosé was a thing, but it's a thing. And one of my absolute favorites is from this place in Provence called Palette. Normally, if you have a Palette rosé, you only see ones that are more than $75 a bottle. They're like banana grams expensive. It's like one of the only Grand Cru areas for rosé in Provence. This is... I think it's like $24 Palette Rosé. It's made by uh, from the single vineyard Cabri. Um, it's insane. Just come in. The label alone feels like a fairy table. It has a little bit more body on the palette. It's singing right now, and it's absolutely like getting ready for your turkey trot in November. We have six weeks, guys. Okay, two months. Okay, two months. Um, this is Helen from Helen's Wines. This is Wine Face. France is my hand. We broke it down. Just get ready for many more episodes about France diving deep, deep sea scuba diving. We are going to get James Cameron on this shit. I'll see you next week. Subscribe. Leave a note. Leave a review. Every Thursday, new episodes. Peace.